All right, I want to say, ETM Hotep, this is your brother, uh, Wu Jiao, and uh, welcome to the Seshu Ma'ani Metal Nature YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, and uh, just going to kind of stall a little while. Um, haven't We haven't done a show on YouTube in a while, and I know that people have subscribed, and they should receive notifications, and I'll share the link uh, tonight. I want to give a quick lesson and discuss uh, grammatical gender uh, in relation to the ancient Egyptian language that we refer to as Rani Kemet. All right. So before I begin. Uh, if someone who is watching now, first of all, I appreciate anyone who's tuned in. Um, if anyone who's, uh, who knows how we do this, uh, it's on the spot, out the blue. So I appreciate anybody who jumps to it, jumps right on in and, and uh, listens in. So but before I continue, if uh, someone who's watching already could uh, let me know that I could be heard and, uh, and my screen could be seen. All right. Audio and video is it okay, then we'll proceed. And while we wait, I'm going to continue to talk. But while we wait, uh, please be sure to support and check out um, our websites. Uh, as you see on the screen, we have sabreuniversity.com. Uh, the web, that's the website where we host our study courses. We have a beginner's course. We also have a grammar's course, which is uh, an advanced level uh, for the language. There's some other uh, free lessons that are on the site as well. So make sure you check it out. That's sableuniversity.com. And then we also have seshmedunetcher.com. And that's the home of the Seshu Mani Medunetcher. All right, so on that particular website, we have uh, blog articles um, covering various different topics related to the language and the culture of ancient Kemet. Uh, some of the topics that were very popular topics over the years, uh, such as uh, spaceships existing in the glyphs in certain temples, uh, aliens, uh, did the Egyptians live with dinosaurs, um, you know, various different topics. Then we have some transliterations and translations that are done by various students of our scribal institution um, and members of the Seshu Mani Metanetra as well. All right. So make sure you check out that website. Also on that website, we have a what we call a per majat, which is our library. So we have resources that you can uh, gain access to uh, download. So make sure you check that out. All right. So, um, and if you're watching, you know, share, share this video for, to anybody who you feel is maybe interested in this topic. So let's, uh, jump in. Um, so tonight's topic as the video, uh, says it is about grammatical gender. All right. And, um, this is grammatical gender as it relates to ancient Egyptian or uh, Rani Kemet. All right. 
So now when we first talk about gender, you know, in everyday normal conversations, uh, this is what most people are referring to, what you see on the screen, which is uh, we think of gender, you think of a female, a girl, a woman, or a male being a boy or a man. So that's the normal day-to-day -day, um, use of the word gender. But as we're going to discuss, we're speaking about grammatical gender. All right. And there's a difference. Okay. So we have to make sure we understand and know the differences and when to use them. All right. So we're going to um, make sure we understand that. So grammatical gender, what is grammatical gender or gender? All right. So first we have to understand that gender is a grammatical category. All right. It's a grammatical category considered to be an inherent quality of substantives. Now, most people will usually refer to substantives as nouns. In case you are not unfamiliar with the word substantive or substantives, um, it's another word for nouns the way we use it today. All right. So, again, gender is a grammatical category considered to be inherent an inherent quality of substantives all right now I want to pause right there because in order to really grasp this we first have to understand what is a grammatical category because gender is a grammatical category all right so we, we're gonna kind of put a attack in here and we're gonna come back to this so we're gonna first move into and, de and describe or define grammatical categories all right. So what are grammatical categories? A grammatical category, which is also known as a grammatical feature, is a property of items within the grammar of a language. It has a number of possible values, sometimes called grammar memes, grammemes, which are normally mutually exclusive within a given category. All right. So examples of frequently encountered grammatical categories includes tense which may take values such as past present etc uh, another grammatical category number with values such as singular plural and sometimes dual then we have gender and this is what we're discussing we have gender with values such as masculine feminine and neuter then we also have a category of person excuse me a value within the grammatical category of person with the values such as first person involving the speaker, second person involving the hearer or listener, and third person involving any others. Then we have another value of voice with the value such as active, which means the, su the subject performs the action of the verb or passive, which means the subject doesn't perform the action of the verb. All right. And grammatical categories may be divided by type. So there's two types. All right. Nominal and verbal. So the nominal grammatical categories uh, are number, gender, person, case, degree, definiteness. Then we have verbal uh, grammatical categories such as tense, aspect, mood and voice. All right. 
So that's what grammatical categories are in a nutshell. All right. But to continue, and this is the important point um, that we have to understand um, as a feature within various different languages, especially the ancient Egyptian language. All right. So what's the role of these grammatical categories? The role of grammatical categories and their interactions with syntactic categories form a system of agreement. Now, that's very important to understand and remember. So grammatical categories and their interaction with syntactic categories form a system of agreement. Okay, just quickly here. So we have syntactic categories, which are several in number. And then we have grammatical categories, which are the ones that I just named. They work together. All right. And they form a system of agreement. All right. So what does that mean? Okay. So to continue. So, for example, we say that the verb loves agrees with the noun nefertari in the sentence nefertari loves her husband Ahmos. Notice that we use loves. This agreement is partially based on the category of number. That is whether the noun is singular or plural. It also it is also based on the category of person which covers the distinctions of first person involving the speaker, second person involving the listener, and third person involving any others. The different forms of English pronouns can be described in terms of person and number. We use I for the first person singular, you for second person singular, and he, she, it, or even Nefertari for third person singular so in the sentence nefertari loves her husband ahmos we have a noun nefertari which is third person singular and we use the verb loves and not love to agree with the noun all right so in other words we wouldn't say nefertari love her husband ahmos we have to say nefertari loves her husband ahmos with the s on it all right so this verbal form here has to agree with the subject all right so hopefully everyone understands that now in addition the form of the verb must be described in terms of another category called tense in this case the verb loves is in the present tense which is different from the past tense loved the sentence is also in the active voice remember voice is, a, is, a, is another category so the sentence is in the active voice describing what nefertari does that is she performs the action of the verb an alternative would be the passive voice which can be used to describe what happens to nefertari that is she doesn't perform the action so as in nefertari is loved by her husband Ahmos or just Nefertari is loved. So you see there there Nefertari is not performing the action. The action is being performed on her. She is loved by her husband Ahmos. That's the difference between active and passive voice. So remember voice is a grammatical category for verbs. 
Now, to continue, our final category is gender, and this is what we're discussing uh, tonight. And this is going to be brief because it should be pretty straightforward. So our final category is gender, uh, which helps us to describe the agreement between Nefertari and the word her in our example, in our example sentence. So in English, we have to describe this relationship in terms of natural gender, mainly derived from a biological distinction between male and female. The agreement between Nefertari and her, the word her, is based on a distinction made in English between reference to female entities, which are she and her, male entities, he and his, and things or creatures when the sex is unknown or irrelevant, such as it and its. Okay, so this is um, in English, a biological distinction is made. All right. So here are those grammatical categories again. So we have nominal and verbal. Nominal, we have number, gender, person, case, degree, definiteness. And on the verbal side, we have tense, aspect, mood, and voice. All right. So we just now went through a couple of, of these on both sides, the nominal and the verbal side. We discussed tense just now. We discussed voice. And on the nominal side, we discussed number, gender, and person. Okay. So, but I want to focus on for, the, for uh, the rest of this discussion is gender, all right? So remember, we're, we're discussing grammatical gender. So remember, gender is a grammatical category, all right? And it's inherit, inherited quality of substantives or nouns, all right? So now, remember I said we're going to put a, um, a thumbtack in here and go over grammatical categories. So now we're going to, you know, untack it and we, we can continue now so now that we got that under our belt so common gender divisions include masculine and feminine uh masculine feminine and neuter in english we also have animate and inanimate you know there's some languages that have the gender of animate and inanimate english we don't have that so a lot of us may be unfamiliar with that that distinction in a few languages, the gender assignment of substantives is solely determined by their meaning or attributes, like biological sex, like what I just showed you, Nefertari being a woman, we would use a pronoun she or hers or her, all right? We have humanness and then we have animacy. However, in most languages, this semantic division is only partially valid. And many substantives may belong to a gender category which co that contrasts with their meaning. For example, and then we have the image below. So this image below is the word shinit, all right? And it is uh, describing a court of men, an entourage of men, usually an entourage of the king uh, and so on. But this word is a singular feminine substantive or noun, but yet it is a word that refers to a group of men. Okay, so this is an example of where the biological sex is in contrast to the grammatical gender of the word. Okay, so 
This is why it's important to understand the difference between biological sex um, as we would normally discuss this, you know, female, girl, woman, and male, boy, man with grammatical gender. All right. So we have to keep that in mind. And there's some overlapping. All right. So in this case, the gender assignment can also be influenced by the morphology or phonology of the substantive, or in some cases can be apparently arbitrary. So gender assignment of words, it, it can be based on biological uh, sex of a human or an animal. It can also be based on the morphology of the word or the phonology of the word. Okay. Or it can be completely arbitrary. And usually when it's, when it, when we, uh, see it as being completely arbitrary, there's usually some, some, of um, historical uh, reason behind that. And by historical, I mean uh, a long history of the language and possibly from the language parent of the language from which it comes from, all right, through time. Now, in English, English divides substantives into three genders, masculine, feminine, and neuter, whereas Rani Kemet, or ancient Egyptian distinguishes only two genders. That's masculine and feminine. Now in Rani Kemet, most substantives are either masculine or feminine, while some substantives may exist in both genders. So what does that mean? So you can look at it this way. So in Rani Kemet or the ancient Egyptian language, all of the substantives in other words, all of the nouns that we call words that we call nouns today, um, they are either masculine or feminine. OK, so you can look at them as two sides of a coin. When you uh, toss a coin in the air, it's going to land on either heads or tails. There's no such thing as a, you know, um, a sideless coin. A coin that doesn't have any sides. So likewise, the substantives or nouns in the ancient Egyptian language, uh, Rodney Kemet, all of them are either masculine or feminine. But there are some substantives that have a masculine and a feminine form, whereas the rest of them exist in one or the other. OK, so that's important to understand. All right. So. When a word, when a, a noun or a substantive is used, it's going to be masculine or it's going to be feminine. OK, so think of it that way. So now let's show some examples of exactly what we're talking about. So remember that grammatical categories and syntactic categories, they work together to form a system of agreement. And so this is the purpose of gender. Okay. This is, this is how gender functions. Okay. And we're going to see this. So we have the system of agreement also called concordance. All right. So make sure you, uh, take note of that. All right. So on the left-hand side, we have grammatical gender, which are only two 
and Rodney Kemet, which is masculine and feminine. In our next column, we have substantives, which most people may are used to calling them nouns. Um, and there's a reason why we refer to them as substantives and not nouns. But for the sake of this discussion, just make sure you understand that uh, when you see substantives here, it's what you would refer to as a noun. Next column are adjectives and the third column are demonstratives. All right. So here's the example of a masculine scenario. So we have a word, which is the word Z or C, and it means man. That's the meaning of the word. All right. This is how it looks in the glyphs. C. Now, if I want to describe this man by using an adjective, uh, by the way, this substantive is masculine. It's singular. All right. Z. So when I want to describe this this man with an adjective such as excellent, which in the language is Iker, this particular adjective also has to be masculine and singular. All right. So this is what is what's meant by concordance or agreement. It has to agree with the substantive that it's um, modifying in gender and number. Now, we're only discussing gender, but it has to agree in both gender and number. All right. So this is masculine word and this is a masculine adjective. All right. The excellent man. All right. Now, demonstratives for those who may not know or remember uh, what demonstratives are. They they are the words in English uh, such as this and that. You know, that, that the words that point out a thing. All right. This and that. OK. And it it kind of um, lets you know uh, nearness as well, because if I say that over there, it's further away than this right here. OK, but we call those demonstratives. And so these demonstratives also have to agree in gender and number with the substantive. OK. So in this case, it would have to be masculine and singular for the word this. And in the language, the word this in the masculine singular is the word pen. So altogether, we would say Z, Iker, pen. And this would be saying this excellent man. All right. All of these are in agreement. Now, for the feminine example, we're going to use the word for woman, which is Zit. Now, notice, remember when I said that in Rodney Kemet, all substantives are either masculine or feminine. But there are some substantives that exist in both genders. And this is an example. So we have Z in the masculine and we have Zit in the feminine. This is the feminine form of the of the word. All right. And it means woman. And by the way, this particular example is based on biological sex because because men masculine is is associated with men and feminine is associated with women. All right. But now when I want to describe the woman with the same adjective to be excellent, I have to put the adjective in the feminine form. And this feminine form is marked 
with this bread loaf, this glyph that you see here. And you also see the glyph here. All right. So now we have Zit uh, Ekeret, the excellent woman. Okay. Now, when it comes to the demonstrative, the same applies. For the demonstrative, for the feminine form, feminine singular form, it is ten. For masculine, it was pen. And for the feminine, it's ten. So notice that the P changed to a T. And so it's this, this excellent woman. And before we had this excellent man. Okay? So all of these words have to agree. All right, so that's pretty straightforward. Now, but what this also tells us is that the gender of the substantive, what it does, it acts as a trigger for target words. So the adjective and the demonstrative would be targets. These are target words. And in linguistics, um, the more proper way of um, naming these words in this situation would be constituents. So these would be the constituents within the sentence or the phrase. And so the substantive acts as a target for the constituents in order to force them to agree in gender and number. Okay? So that should be pretty straightforward. But let's look at another example. So remember that one, this one is more so a semantic assignment, gender assignment, meaning that masculine, you know, you think of a man, you think of men, feminine, you know, you associate that with women. All right. So that's a, that's more of a semantic assignment, but let's look at an arbitrary one. All right. So here we have another example, another set. So we have masculine again. This time, the substantive is aped, which means bird. Okay, this is a masculine and singular substantive, aped, which is bird. Now, if I want to describe this bird, in this case, I want to say small bird. So, the word small is najes. Najes. So, it has to be in the masculine and singular. And so, in the masculine singular form, it is najes, small bird. So the demonstrative, this, is the same as the pre other example. This is the masculine. So we have aped najes pen, which means this small bird. All right. The feminine. Here's a feminine substantive. It's the word for book. And it's the word majat, which means book. Uh, well, literally, it means papyrus. We know in ancient times they didn't have um, books like we have books per se today with the spine and, and so on. Um, so it's the, it's the word for papyrus, but today we would call it a book. All right. So majat is book. Now, if I want to describe this book as a good book, I would have to say neferet with this bread loaf again. All right. Because this word is feminine. The adjective or the constituent has to be feminine. So this is the trigger. The gender is triggering this constituent to also be feminine. Majat neferet, the good book. And likewise, this, this gender 
of the substantive is also triggering the demonstrative, which is also a constituent. And it's 10. So Majat Neferet 10, which is this good book. All right. So that 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 is the purpose of grammatical gender. All right. Now, I want to make this clear. Grammatical gender of words don't change the meaning meanings of words. They only function as 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 we can see, it only functions to form a system of agreement. OK, remember that grammatical gender uh, functions in a way that it sets up a system of agreement. That's its um, effect. That's the effect that, that gender has in the language. OK, in sentences, clauses and so on. OK, so that's what it is. A trigger to form a system of agreement. And this is true for all of the cases where you have a substantive and then you have other words that are related to it, such as adjectives, demonstratives, etc. All right. And we also have pronouns uh, that I don't, I'm not showing that will also have to agree in gender and number. OK, so that's the purpose of grammatical gender. All right. So remember, just to review. Normally, when we talk about gender, we're simply talking about a man, a woman, boy, girl, uh, male or female. All right. And it's neither here nor there. But when we're talking about language and it becomes a linguistic conversation, now we have to keep in mind that we're talking about grammatical gender. And and so what is grammatical gender? Grammatical gender is a quality of substantives but it functions as a trigger in order to set up a system of agreement among other constituent words okay that's pretty pretty straightforward so i'll repeat that remember gender or grammatical gender it is a quality of substantives where those substantives act as a trigger to force the constituent words that are used with it to agree. So it sets up a system of agreement. And we call that agreement also, we call it concord or concordance. All right. And this is a um, feature within Rodney Kemet. It's a feature in English, it's a feature in, in uh, most languages around the world. Not all, but most. All right. So remember that. That's pretty straightforward. So I just want to touch on that and make this uh, real short and simple and to the point and if you have any questions uh, please make sure that you um, if you if you're also on Facebook if you're watching this on YouTube if you're also on Facebook make sure you join our Facebook group all right this is what you see on the screen um, Seshu Ma'adi Medunetcher which actually translates as the loyal scribes of divine words. The word ma'a is the masculine form of the word ma'at. Since we're speaking about gender. Okay. Ma'a, which means uh, it can mean loyal, which is true. Uh, law, true, loyalty. Uh, when, we, when we use the word loyal, you're saying you're true to something. You're loyal to it. 
So we describe uh, this phrase, Seshumani Metanetra, as loyal scribes of divine words aspiring to become true scribes of divine words. And so you see that we, we play on that word ma'a for its uh, both of its meanings. All right. But anyway, make sure you join our, our um, Facebook group. If you have any questions, um, there's a lot of information there. We, we've, we've had the group for, uh, I believe, over two years now. And so there's a lot of information. Um, if you scroll through, uh, a lot of discussions. And it's very active. So make sure you join and get your questions or comments or anything. All right. Um, and also, I can't leave without uh, letting you all know this. Uh, also support Hekka Apparel. Uh, um, because it's the holidays everything on the site is 20% off alright so it's it's you know sweat sweatshirts hoodies t-shirts shoes hats you name it check out the site everything is 20% off and there's a um, coupon code of holiday 20 alright so make sure you uh, check that out support I know the holidays are, are coming up. Get something for yourself. Get something as a gift to somebody else. Um, and make sure you check it out and support. All right. So I'll take a brief moment to see if there's any questions or comments in the chat. And I know there's a delay. So if you had a question that you typed already, repeat that. Or if you have any comments, now's the time to put it in there. So I'm going to take a moment and check those out. All right. So let's see. Now, uh, there shouldn't be any questions, but if there are, it's, it's no problem. I'll make sure I do my best to answer them because this is very, very simple and very straightforward. Now, it may be new, but it's not hard. It's not rocket science uh, or any of that. You know, it may be new to some people, but it's very easy. It's very straightforward. All right. So, I'm scrolling through, and I do not see any questions. Okay, and that's a good thing. So, that means that everybody understood it. So, you know, let me know if, you, if, if this is straightforward. I'll tell you what. For everybody who, who, who understood everything, uh, just, just press 1. Press 1 if you understand. Or... You know, you, you, you grasp it, but you got to let it sit and marinate for a little bit. So either one, press one. All right. Just give me give me some indication. Okay, I do see a comment by uh, Pan-African Designs and Apparel. Uh, he says, my thing is if the glyph that's supposed to mean black doesn't mean black, that pretty much means all of glyphs are wrong. Now, there's a problem with that statement. Um, well, well, one, 
it's not on this topic that we're discussing about gender all right so i would like to keep it on topic but um the statement outside of that the statement is also is there's a problem with that statement and so what i would recommend there you you would have to definitely learn how the writing system works all right and what i want you to do this is for uh, pan-african uh designs what i want you to do is look up the word homograph homographs all right look that up and you're going to find out that homographs are words that are spelled alike but they mean multiple they mean different things they're not the same word although they look alike because they're spelled alike but they're not the same okay uh like for example the word uh do you have homographs which which are the same spellings but they can be be completely different words and then you have homophones which are words that sound alike but are completely different words and then you have words that are a combination of both of those they they're spelled alike and they sound alike but they can be completely different words so that's what i want you to do i want you to look up homographs all right because when you say that the glyph that's supposed to mean black doesn't mean black then all the other glyphs are wrong then then you're ignoring the phenomenon that we call homography or homographs all right so you got to keep that in mind all right so um but again like i said that is uh a bit off the topic of gender matter of fact make sure you join our facebook uh group or if you're already a member of the facebook group make sure you um post it type that in because that's a, that's a separate topic and you know it's not a problem so i'm gonna keep on going let's see um and i see a son at emiket has already uh responded to that okay that's good and let's see let's see okay everybody's hitting one everybody's hitting one everybody's hitting one so hey that made my job a lot easier okay my job is done all right that's what i like everything is done <laughs> so that's good i get i get a chance to keep this video short and simple and to the point bite size and digestible so what i'm going to do next for the next video just to let you all know heads up i'm going to discuss something called a portmanteau morph or portmanteau morphs all right and um these are this is a feature in the in many different languages and it is important for us to understand this feature okay so tonight i just briefly discussed gender grammatical gender and so the next video i will be discussing portmanteau uh, portmanteau or portmanteau morphs all right and i'll explain what they are and why we should even know that that's an actual feature all right and it's going to help people to understand how the language works and it will untangle and unconfuse people uh when such questions come up about meanings of different words okay so uh so with that um i think i am done 
Uh, so remember tonight's the topic was grammatical gender. And make sure you um, check out the websites. If you're interested in learning language, mind you, this is not meant to be an exhaustive study or course, what, I'm, what I've done tonight. But if you want to learn more, make sure you sign up for our beginners uh, Sesh Metternature course. And it's on SableUniversity.com. Um, and if you are already um, competent at a beginner's level, you've already taken a class or you've been studying on your own and whatnot, and you may have studied studied or taken a class under another uh, teacher in the past, but you need a refresher, then hey, make sure you check out the website. And also make sure you check out sessionmetanetra.com. All right, it's a lot of information uh, there and a lot of resources. All right, we have the monoliterals, we got, we have um, the biliterals that you can study. We have transliterations, translations, uh, resource materials such as dictionaries and, and all of that good stuff, all right? So make sure you check those out and it's the holidays so whether you celebrate christmas or not or kwanzaa or not or um any holiday it's the holiday season you know that's like the generic way of re referring to it even if you just celebrate winter <laughs> that's fine too if you if you like the cold and you want to celebrate the cold uh that's fine um but make sure you check out heka apparel all right everything is 20 percent off the prices are low um different designs or whatnot uh you know just check it out and pick up something for yourself pick up something for relatives loved ones friends all right and i will see you all on the next video and or i will see you in our facebook group so with that i will say shimmer hotep